everyone. Welcome back to Newsies Minute. The podcast where we examine the 1992 Disney movie musical Newsies one minute at a time. I'm your host, Aaron. I'm your host, James, and I never think I'm going to think of the word examine until I do. Oh, I I noticed you paused for a second. Yeah, I always wonder what that verb's going to turn out to be, and it turns (laughs) out to be examine every time. Well, that's good, because, you know, consistency and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we are in minute 24. Indeed we are. Which is that fire truck finishes crossing the screen. Right, on up through Meyer kissing Esther's cheek. Right. Um, I have uh, less slept through the whole thing. Kids, so sleepy. But like, so they left the theater. Right. And he chased them. And you know he chases them because you can hear him yelling, hey, wait up. Right. And then like the minute they arrive where the strike is, he just like sits down on a bench and passes the fuck out. I mean, he's on a sugar high. Yeah. It's been a long but, day. Yeah, He's but- young. And I mean, he passes out in the span of quite literally like 15 seconds, though. Yeah, I mean, I think it's far a little far-fetched. But like one time my roommate Riley and I were driving around and I was really tired. And he put on um, Snapcase, which is sort of like a very loud yelly sort of band. And I fell like right asleep. Okay. I think it's like, an, a, like a sensory overload. Thing. Maybe. That and be. I've heard of th- of things before like that where it's like very loud music can often be like lulling to some people. Interesting. So maybe less has that. Maybe. Yeah. I think I think what less really has is um a, a convenient plot moment. Uh-huh. But let's not have less be around for this. Yeah. For Jack to say dumbasses. Yeah. You got to put less to no, I mean, don't put him to sleep, but you put him in a sleeper hold. You got to make Les fall asleep, yeah, so he doesn't hear his hero say, say a bad word. word. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad one. Mm-hmm. It's fine if Les sees him smoking, though. Right, exactly. I mean, how else is he going to know how to be cool? Exactly. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> um, then I have meeting the parents and the sister. Yeah, where he's introduced to David's parents as our friend. Right. Yeah, David has really come around on the... Yeah, I have uh, changed our tune a bit, did we, David? You really like that show a lot, huh? <laughs> he takes me to nudie shows. <laughs> I mean... It, it's sometimes fair. Sometimes you have a ball friend. I mean, like... Yeah, it's pretty clear from the whole interaction that Jack has with this family um, in this scene that he is the sleazeball friend. Yep. Everyone is aware of it, and some of them are charmed by it. Uh-huh. Including, would you like to learn about the parents and the sister? Uh, some of that, yes. Okay. So, Meyer Jacobs is played by Jeffrey DeMunn. Okay. His ta- he's going to win an award at the end of this uh, of this uh, talk about him, uh, oh. by the way. So, okay. get ready for, for that. Okay. Uh, his top three, he was Harry Terwilliger in The Green Mile. He was one of the guards. Which one was Harry? Uh, the not gigantically tall one, but also not evil one. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He was Dan Miller in The Mist. Okay. And he was Captain Esteridge in The Hitcher, which is not a Stephen King work. Oh. But uh, did star C. Thomas Howell as an evil hitchhiker. Okay. I don't know who that is. Uh, yep. That's fine. <laughs> he was in uh, problematic 80s movies like Soul Man. Oh. And other things. Okay. But I mostly think of him as Soul Man. Okay. Where he turned himself black. So. Uh, oh. Um, yeah. I mean, like, he learned... It was well-intentioned, like, but... Like blackface? Uh, or, or like magic spell that made him into an actual He, like, black took man. pills that changed the color of his skin. Okay. It was sort of like a, a rom-com version of the book Black Like Me, 
Okay. Do you know Black Like Me at all? I've heard of it. A guy took pills that made his skin especially sensitive to tanning. Okay. And then went down to the South and lived as a black man for a while to sort of get a good journalistic view of what it was like to live as a black man. Okay. It's like that, but if it's, uh, but if he was going to like Harvard and it was funny. Okay. Yeah. I feel How, like there should be a question mark at the end of that statement. A movie uh, that uh, doesn't stand the test of time. <laughs> I don't know if you... Uh, I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he does get found out, and everyone is sort of like, that's messed up, dude. So, like... Well, that's good. But he does get the girl in the end. Spoiler. Um, This guy played Dale Horvath on The Walking Dead. Wait, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I have to confirm that Dale is the character that I think he is. I saw that he was in 2012, and I was like, Aaron was watching then. Or Aaron watched those episodes, so that's going to mean something. And I was right. I need to make sure that this is the character. Yep. Man, Dale was a great character. Awesome. Is he eaten by zombies? Look at that guy. With his That's hat him. And his beard. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how he died. I mean, spoilers for The Walking Dead, but like everyone dies. Like everyone dies. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. It's like spoilers for Game of Thrones. I mean, right. everyone dies. This guy Holy was. Holy crap. Yeah. He's been in a lot of things. He's been in a, a lot of things that I really like. Yeah. Stephen King things, zombie things. Yep. Newsies things. Mm -hmm. Three of my favorite things. Would you like to hear about two more Stephen King properties that he was in? Would I? He was in Storm of the Century. Okay. And he was in Shawshank. Okay. He was uh, one of the one of the. uh, I have only seen Shawshank one time in high school. There, he was a a warden in 1946. He was one of the old wardens. Um, Okay, I don't. I don't remember him in it, but I don't actually recall there being more than one time in Shawshank. Maybe there wasn't. So he wins the uh, Stephen King Cameo Award of the Week. Yeah. Four Stephen King properties that I recognized. That is impressive. Yeah. So he's been in a And lot Walking of, Dead. And Walking Dead. So so he also wins the bonus Aaron Likes Him A Lot yeah. award. Jeffrey DeMunn. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Esther Jacobs, the mom, uh-huh. is played by a woman named Deborah Lee. That's her her first name hyphenated. Okay. Furnace. But not like the 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 appliance furnace. Okay. Um, like how furry is that? What's the furnace of it? Okay. Her top three. Oh, uh, she's Australian, so you're not gonna have heard of any of these. I think. I mean, maybe. I, who am I to say? <laughs> oh, actually, you may have heard of one of them. Okay. She was Jude in Jindabine. Okay. She was Asta Cattle in Shame. Okay. And if you'll allow me to go over to my internet. She played one of those two owls in Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Oh. She was barren in that. That was the character's name, not a description of her character. Okay. I, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Definitely the name. Cool. Um, also, that movie's all about owls, and th- they're from a place called Gahul. Gahul. So anyways, that huh. movie looks uh, wild. Yeah? And not in like a great way, but very owly. Okay. Like, lots of people are in it, all playing owls? Like, armor-wearing owls? Yeah. Sure. That's It, it looked a intense. Thing. Yeah. Um, she is Australian. She won the Film Critics Circle of Australia Awards in 1988 and 2006. Okay. Um, for it's a spread. Shame and Gin Debine, respectively. And she did five episodes in the first season of Neighbors. Because, you know, she's an Australian actress. 
And I think that's a contractual obligation. Is that like how everybody in America has to be on at least one episode of one of the Law and Orders? Yeah, yeah, sure. or like like a like a General Hospital sort of deal. Okay. Um, I just recently listened to a Yaga Day about the show Neighbors. Oh, okay. It sounds wild, but like in the like days of our lives sort of way. Okay. But like lots more people watch it. Okay. It's like if Days of Our Lives and Friends were the same show. Okay. Yeah, I think. But yeah, so she was on a week, like I, what I imagine as like a week arc, like because it was like five yeah, episodes. Yeah. So like I imagine that um in like like episodes seventy one through seventy five of the first season of that. Huh. So that's her. And now Sarah Jacobs, if we must, played uh, by Ellie Keats, born Elemy Georgescu in Paris, France. Okay. <laughs> her IMDb starts thusly. Recognized as, quote, the essence of health, talent, and sincerity, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Which... You guys can't <laughs> see my face, but it's not a good face. The rest of this episode is largely going to be me largely defending Ellie Keats, but that's a gross way to... St- I, like, I have to imagine her agent wrote her IMDb page, or someone... It's a, it's a. Her agent can't have written that. That had to have been written by like some gross, <laughs> creepy stalker fan. It's recognized That's gross. as the essence of health. Don't read it again. Talent and sincerity. No. Yeah, it's it's gross. The essence, I think, is the is. Yes. Ew. Stop. <laughs> I hate it. All right. So here's her top three. She was Susanna Parado in Alive, which is that movie about the soccer players that had to eat each other. Okay. Uh, she was in Newsies. And then she was in Insidious Chapter 3 as Lilith Brenner. And I know that that's a horror movie. So I, I for your benefit, wanted to look up to see if she died in some horrifying way. <laughs> she does not. She plays... Damn, I was hoping I'd get some inspiration for FMK all day. She's a ghost mom. Oh. Um, of the main character of the movie. And spoilers for Insidious Chapter 3 saves her at the end from... Bad ghosts. So she is the mom who is a ghost? Yeah. She's a mom that died. And or then is like, a ghost mom as in is a mom of a ghost? No, she's a she's dead. Okay. Her kid is alive. And then at the end, ghost mom comes and saves the day. Okay. She was also in the... Now, what was referred to as the famous Michael Jackson Pepsi video, um, which I'm imagining is the one where his hair caught on fire accidentally during one of the takes. And, like, burned his face and hair and scalp, like, really, really, really bad. Okay. I've never heard of this. However, um, in doing research for that, I discovered there was a whole big Michael Jackson campaign for Pepsi where there is at least 10 minutes of, like, different ads and, like, a three-part, like, adventure ad or something. Huh. All for Pepsi where he rewrote the lyrics to the word, to the song Bad to talk about how you're the Pepsi generation and all this stuff. It was wild. Pepsi did that, though. Like, yeah. I remember the Spice Girls doing that mm-hmm. and Britney. Britney. Yeah. And Ray Charles, which, like, isn't wasn't as huge, but, like, was sort of maybe more like Ray Charles. Like, it would be like if Johnny Cash yeah. was shilling Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Drink Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> She was in the LL Cool J video for Going Back to Cali. Okay. Which, I'm, listen, I'm not expecting, 
I'm not expecting you to know an LL Cool J video. I know less about LL Cool J than I know about Michael Jackson, and I didn't know that he set his own head on fire, so... Right. <laughs> now, he didn't technically set his head on fire, and explode pyrotechnics on the stage behind him did, so... Okay. He was mostly... And actually, from the footage, which I found on YouTube, which is horrifying, um, yeah. he looked like he was... Maybe didn't know his hair was on fire, or was, like, acting through the pain like a professional... Like, I was like, dude, you know your hair's on fire, right? You can stop dancing or whatever. It was wild. Um, so this mo- this video for LL Cool J, I tried to find a picture of her in the Michael Jackson video. Sure. I didn't see any, okay. but I also was not interested in watching all that Pepsi yeah. commercial. And this going back to Cali video was uh, really great. Okay. Um, so this is 1989. She was born in 1960, 1973. Okay. So she was uh, 16 in this, which is weird. Okay. Um, and maybe a little gross. There's a part where I think it's her dancing and you can kind of like, it's sort of like an upshot and like you can kind of maybe see her panties and stuff. Okay. Which is weird. Yeah. But maybe it isn't her. It's in black and white. And, but so here's a picture of her with LL Cool J in his uh, Kangol beanie from the time. But I was like, yep, that's definitely her. Yep. And uh, so she is in it. Um, She's sort of one of the main focuses. She might be this uh, dancer that dances very, very badly and LL Cool J makes fun of in the song. So, I mean, she's doing her job portraying the character or whatever. Yeah. But it was weird to see to be like, no, she's not in this. Yep, there she is. Yeah. It's wild. Other things about her besides that, uh, her first roommate at 17 when she moved out of the house was Drew Barrymore. Okay. Which is added to the list of people who lived with more famous people than them. But we're in Newsies. Um, one of the newsboys lived with Ben Affleck or something oh, from okay. the first week. Um, and then the last thing I have from her is her talking about her deleted song from Newsies. Yeah, I knew that there was a song that she didn't get to have. So I found a Mental Floss article, the 15, uh, what is it called? 15 breaking news items about Newsies. And one was that uh, Christian Bale didn't realize that Newsies was going to be a musical. And that's why he signed on. How do you not realize that this is going to be a musical and you sign on as the lead? They didn't have you do any song or dance testing? I guess not. He was like, I asked if I could go like go out to the pub during dance and songs and then come back when they were over. And he's like, so yeah, I was trying to not dance or sing as the lead of this musical. How, Christian? Explain <laughs> to me how you think that was going to work. Cocky 17-year-old magic? I guess. But... Um. Also, no, you can't go to the pub. You're, I'm, if this is being filmed in America, you are 18 years old. No. Right. Um, so uh, one of the other things was that there was a deleted song by Sarah um, that Mila Jovovich also auditioned for the part of Sarah. And even though she could sing and, and Ellie Keats, uh, according to Mental Floss, couldn't. Here's Ellie Keats' side of things. I've read some fake quotes putting the blame on my lack of talent. It's funny because I've been a singer since I was a child and I've sung for commercials and stage projects throughout my career. The reason why the song was originally cut was because they wanted a soprano and I was an alto, so my voice was a lower register than the boys. Ultimately, the producers decided to cut it from the script because they thought that Sarah singing would have seemed too off-topic to the plot. I mean, yeah. So, I agree, and I'm sort of like, yeah, this seems like a pretty, like, the, the like, oh, she probably sucked at singing is sort of like a very, like, patriarchal sort of like whatever no that's all the girls like me who hate sarah because she's a completely utterly useless character and honestly i feel kind of bad for ellie keats because it's such a useless nothing character she does get one line in once and for all 
And she's, she, she was fine. She does. And she she gets, yeah, she sings that just fine. Yeah. I think that her, what what performance they give her, she does fine with, I think. Like, I think that she's, like, I like in this, uh, does she have a, she's a, uh, something in the next minute. Yes. And I. We talked ha- about that. Have a note about, okay. I have a note about that. Okay. Um, in general, I don't have a problem with the actress. Right. I have a problem with the character. Agreed. Because they could have done something with her and instead they just made her a prop. Agreed. I, I, then I think Ellie Keats would would completely agree with that. Yeah, I'd like to speak for my client Ellie Keats. Uh huh. Um, she agrees with that one hundred percent. I'm sure Ellie Keats is a lovely woman. She and seems fine. I'm I'm sure that she was frustrated that she got you know that basically everybody hates her. I mean, we've this, met all the women movie. in this movie. Yeah. Now. Yeah. In we've now twenty four. Yeah. And I don't know, like Sarah, just Jack is such a character like there's a lot going on with him yeah and for them to give him the romantic interest which i'm gonna go ahead and say that now because it's not a spoiler because it's quite clear the minute you see the pretty girl on screen um with her coy look and her artfully arranged tendrils of hair around her face i mean and and like david introduces her in such a way that i'm like i've never heard a brother introduce a now let let me i've been introduced to many sisters sure I've never heard someone introduce their sister to me or anyone else in the way that David is like, he's like, and this is my sister, Sarah. I'm like, do you want them to get together? I mean, like, I mean, maybe he does or whatever, but like, because, you know, she's like a spinster at this point. She's like 19, 20. Yeah. She's like, what is she even doing with her life? Yeah. Damn 19th century version of millennials. She's so old. Yeah. (laughs) Just like a, like an old maid. But like it was, it was weird because it was like these are my parents and this is my sister. Yeah, it was maybe it wasn't maybe I'm exaggerating. I think you might be maybe just a little. It it was like you know these are my parents, Myra and Esther. Yeah, and that's my sister Sarah. I mean, like there was a definite like pause. Yeah, for like you know okay everybody we're gonna verbally set up the shot <laughs> and then we're gonna show you. She's, like, dressed in white, and she's, like, yeah. mending something lacy. Right. And, like, you can practically see the fucking angel wings sprouting out of her back. And Correct. And hear the heavenly choir as Jack first lays eyes upon her lovely visage. I think that uh, she wasn't an episode of Touched by, the, by an Angel. So. I mean, she, she kind of has the look about her. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... It just... It makes me... The stage version frustrates me because they saw the lack of a female counterpart for Jack. Yeah. Like, they, you know, in the movie, she's this love interest is, like, nothing. And so the stage version tried to give him a love interest that actually had a personality. Right. And I feel like it fell flat. Agreed. But I don't like this version any better. Like, I just... Yeah. He's such a charismatic character. Right. He's a little bit smarmy, but... Yeah. Only when you watch it one minute at a time and are like paying super close attention to that kind of thing. Otherwise, he's just charming. Um, it, can you think of, and I guess, can you think of a way, like, how they could, like, would just giving Sarah more of a personality have done it? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think it would have. Like, if, if they could yeah. have given her more of an opportunity to be involved in the strike, yeah. other than suddenly she's there working on, like, the printing press and stuff, I guess. Right. In that one song. We need another body. Yeah, like it was, I, I, I would like to know what the song 
my understanding is that the song that she, that she had that got cut was basically like, oh, he's such a sweet, misunderstood boy, and I love him so much, even though I just met him, but he's very pretty. Right. So I understand why they cut it, because it's a nothing song for a nothing girl. Right. But I just, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to have a love interest and a romance plot, make it worth the audience's time. Yeah, I think... And worth the character's time. Like, Sarah's not worth Jack's time. I I mean, I agree. I think if, if she... She could even have a conversation with David about the strike or about, like, historical revolutions or yeah. something. She could be looking into the French Revolution and talk like, just one conversation where she talks about something she learned at college or something. From reading a newspaper? Uh, yeah. Or something. Like, like, I don't think you need to make her, a, you know, girl Denton. Right. I think you can have this role be the same, but if you give her some agency. Yeah. Like, I, I was also like, would a a female news newsie be a good thing for Jack? And I think the answer is no. No. I think, I mean, I like the foil for Jack of having his love interest be someone who is kind of sweet, yeah. innocent, ingenue. But I want her to be smart. Yeah. Like, because he's a smart guy. He is. I mean, he may not have... I, I feel like he's got more book smarts than we probably... Like, I, you get the feeling he reads the newspapers. I agree with that. He reads his Western gym books. Right. Like, I mean, he's he's not illiterate. Right. Which is saying a lot for that time and for his... Absolutely. Situ- his, like, situation. And we'll, we'll see by the end of the movie, you know, hey, can you read, then read this. Yeah. Like, that, that was a concern, especially for children... Yeah. ...who had to drop out of school to go work. Yeah. Like, can less read? I don't know. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, I if they had given her something, but yeah. she's literally just a pretty face. Yeah, and like... I don't think she has any lines that move anything. F- the only line I can think of that she has that moves anything forward is when she finds Les's old hot dog and realizes that it's wrapped in the article that Denton wrote. And she's right. like, oh, hey, guys, um, you should probably look at this. So she's like almost a Greek chorus one time. Like, oh yes, she's almost a Greek chorus one time, and then and that's it. Other than that, she's just she's like an uh huh person. Yeah, like uh-huh. yeah. Thank you, and I'll continue talking about what I was talking about. Uh huh. Great, I feel so supported. Uh huh. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, I think that that you definitely could have made the character better, but it, it feels weird that we've now met all the women we're going to meet in this movie. And the only two who were at all interesting are Patrick's mom and Meta. Yep. Who was really only interesting in that one moment. Yeah. Yep. The mom isn't anything other than a, a cook kind of. Yeah. She's just there. Go add more water to the stew. Yeah. Which is sad. And then she says his name. Meyer. In, yeah. But like with a trill. Yeah. Like Meyer. And I'm like, what are you doing with your voice? I mean, like, he doesn't have an accent. So I don't think they're supposed to be... Well, but she does, though. She's got, like, a New York accent and everything else. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, they come in with less draped over Jack's shoulder. And she's like, oh, my God, what happened? (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. Because, like, you could imagine that, like, Meyer could have sent for a bride from the old country. Or other things that happened... To mm-hmm. women in the 
past. But they seem to have a sweet, loving relationship. Not that a mail order bride can't have a loving relationship with her husband, but... But, like, if she has a New York accent... I mean, she could just have a New York accent from having lived there for a long time. Yeah, it's it's just a weird... Like, the way she says his name in that moment, like, if... When you said she was Australian, I had a moment where I was like, well, maybe that's... And then I thought, no, that's not it. If you had said that she was, like, Puerto Rican mm. or, like, you know, from someplace that, like, trills their R's sure, like that, sure. it would have made more sense. Like, she had slipped up, but it doesn't... I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, like, is it an Australian overcorrection? Maybe. For, like, you're trying to do New York and you overshot... And they're doing, like, Swedish. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. I don't know. But we are running very long, so we should wrap up. Yes. If you want to weigh in on your least favorite Sarah moment from this movie, you can do so at Newsies Minute on Twitter, or you can just at me directly. I'm at Unabashedly Aaron, and I will talk with you ad nauseum about how much Sarah sucks and how unfair this movie is to women yeah you have like four moments to pick from which one do you hate (laughs) exactly (laughs) if you want to at me about anything else or that (laughs) or whatever uh if you want to include me on that app to aaron and don't want to include our podcast that's a weird choice but i support you in whatever decision you make i'm at unabashed james uh, you can find us on Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash Aaron and James. We've got some good tiers if you want to go check them out. And uh, if you'd like to come in from a hard day of working, selling papers and put some change on our table, we'd like that. Sure. Um, I do wish that we could know how much they made. Because yeah. he's like, you made this much. I mean, it was like a handful of coins, though. Yeah. I mean, so what's a penny of paper? So it could just be, I mean, do you think they upgrade? Like, did they change in their... Their coins? I don't know. Weird. W- were they getting any profit from Jack's papers? Yeah. So Jack so had a hundred. Jack and, so Jack had a hundred. And David had... Seventy. Seventy. Sixty-nine. Nice. It was never clear if he got that extra paper that he was cheated or not. That's true. Um, Jack but was yes. too busy making fun of, of Morris to yeah. actually get the correction made. Typical Jack. I mean, that was a lot of change. Like, if they sold all of their newspapers, which I assume... I assume they did. What do you do if you don't sell the papers? Although, was Jack running... So he still had papers in his hand when they left the boxing arena and were chased by Snyder. Right. Did he have papers in his hand when they got to the theater? Les tried to sell Meta a paper. So they had one. So presumably they left some at the theater. I guess. Because they didn't have any when they left. Yeah. Maybe they sold them all to various patrons at the theater. Maybe Toby bought the rest of them. (laughs) In exchange for some licorice sticks. Licorice sticks. This is riveting. On patreon.com slash Aaron and James. Yes. We have one more day with the fam this week. This week, yes. Um, But until then. Soak them for crutchy. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.